How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Suncast. As always, I am your host, Reagan Harrell. We have a very, very special guest. It is my co-host with NAISB, and he is going to help me uh, record this really awesome, really fun, uh, not interview, I usually say an interview when I'm bringing a guy on, but it's just me and him talking a little NAI baseball and talking about the East-West Challenge that NAI ball put on in Lakeland, Florida. Of course, we're going to talk about some Sun Conference teams, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Mr. Taylor Thomas. Taylor, thanks so much for jo joining me tonight, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm always glad to talk about college baseball, as you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, as far as the NAI level goes, we saw quite a good amount of college baseball at the NAI level this past weekend. It was it was fun to watch everything that we could watch, at least. That is, oh, uh, yeah. any great comebacks. I mean, elite talent, storylines. I mean, it, we're back, man. Absolutely. Uh, Taylor, to give yourself a little bit of a plug right here, uh, d d uh, just tell us, a little bit about fungo, tell us a little bit about Fungo Talk before we get into the East-West. Yeah, so like Reagan mentioned, um, I am the co-host with him on NAISB. I also have uh, my own uh, separate podcast, um, Fungo Talk. Uh, that's where we cover mainly Division One baseball, but uh, Division One, Division Two, NAI, JUCO. Uh, really, just talking college baseball and recapping week to week. Uh, a lot of fun stuff came from that last year. I mean, college. I was at the College World Series, got to do a lot of that. That was cool, and uh, excited to get going. I mean, Division One starts next week, and uh, like we said, NAI just started up. So excited to talk about it. Absolutely. So, yeah, y'all go check that out. If you love college baseball as much as myself and Taylor, go and check that out. Uh, yeah. Hey, but well, one more thing. One more thing. Uh, this the, uh, fun go talk was how Taylor and I met. Uh, he had me on last year uh, right before the Vista NAI World Series. After uh, that interview I had with him and Tanner over at Fungo Talk, again, great, great content here on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i give you a plug here, here at the end on the Twitter story. But great, great time. And I knew immediately after that interview, if I was going to do anything else, any other sports-related podcast, Taylor Thomas would be the first phone that I rang. Sure enough, now we're co-hosts on NAISB. Him and I, we have got big plans together. Uh, Taylor's a lot like me, self-driven guy. Um, love this guy. But enough about Taylor, enough about myself. Taylor, you want to talk, talk a little NAI baseball, man? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's get into it. Um, right. We can go ahead and start um, with Arizona Christian out west. Um, they were one of the more unknown teams, I would say, coming into this weekend here. Yep. And they put on a great showing, uh, yeah. honestly. Uh, just – you can't start Arizona Christian, obviously, last week. Um, leadoff hitter and center fielder Justin Ramirez uh, was 13 for 16 coming into the East-West Challenge, and he didn't he didn't fall off too much against some of the best pitching that you're going to see all year. No, absolutely. Justin Ramirez stood, stood out. In fact, the entire Arizona Christian outfield really stood out. Ramirez batted 357 against Sun Conference. Uh, opponents. Daniel DeRuzzo was a big part of their comeback. Big Desert. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Daniel DeRuzzo, also an outfielder for Arizona Christian. Christian was a huge part in their comeback win over Kaiser. You add that in with Marquise uh, Tiddley. He had four home runs on the year and went three for five against the defending champs. I mean, I think Arizona Christian has one of the better outfields in the country. Definitely one of the better ones that 
we saw in Lakeland. And just so uh, you some conference folks, we are going to get into Southeastern Kaiser and St. Thomas. But uh, like, like Taylor said, we're wanting to talk about all, all these teams in the East West because it's a great challenge. Also, all five of the teams that we're going to talk about that are not in the Sun Conference, Sun Conference teams, you better listen because they're they're going to be around in May. These Every team that was there has the absolute utmost potential to be in the opening round and really in in uh, Lewiston this year. I almost said Columbus because we've been so used to saying in Columbus this year for uh, softball. But, yes, Arizona Christian did really, really well. Uh, Adrian Santa Cruz did really, really good against a Southeastern lineup. The problem was, is a problem you're going to fall into a lot when you play Southeastern. You can get through them once. You might get through them twice. I do not recommend trying to go through that lineup a third time. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, and it's kind of been the whole story with Southeastern, like you said. I mean, as potent of a lineup as that is, I mean, getting through it at once is a miracle. Right. Uh, <laughs> but three times, that's that's a lot to ask for most anyone at the NAI level. Um, right. But, yeah, like Arizona Christian – Honestly, like they really, uh, I, I believe it was a six to four loss they took, yes. but they were they were in that ball game uh, for almost all nine innings. I mean, uh, Ramirez yeah. came a few feet short of hitting a homer in the first off of Rob Adams, of course, the pitcher of the year. Uh, they they did not back down from the challenge. I mean, like you said, they they can make a lot of noise in the opening round come May uh, should they improve on uh, their showing this past weekend. No, absolutely, and I mean as far as improving on it yes there will be an improvement needed for them to get into lewiston sure but absolutely this is an opening round team and as we saw they can compete with if you can compete with southeastern especially at at today boer uh, field you can compete with them anywhere yeah absolutely i mean you you said it best right there i mean you're going up against the number one team in the country and then defending national champs and you gave them a run for their money arguably they're one of their if not for a game later on that we're going to talk about, it would have been their closest contest of the entire four game set. And like you said, on the road too, that is, that's impressive. And you would kind of expect it from a team like, you know, like a Shreveport or a Lewis and Clark, but Arizona Christians kind of, I, w I would say the West coast obviously doesn't really help them get the national exposure just um, with the time difference, but right. uh, they, they show the whole nation is on notice for sure about Arizona Christian right now. Yeah, and you said that uh, about them uh, not getting that exposure because they are out west. I think this east-west challenge as a whole was a big success as far as getting the the exposure for these teams. Uh, like team we're going to talk about in a second, you you alluded to uh, that gave Southeastern absolutely all they could handle. But Arizona Christian as well played really well. Them and Vanguard. Now people obviously know the other. To the other team from the West, Lewis Clark, and then LSU Shreveport, who was on the East side, but still a Sun Conference, a non-Sun Conference opponent. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of people down here in Florida, they only see a, a team like Shreveport uh, when it comes to an opening round, or if it comes to Lewiston. But a team like L, uh, AC don't see them a lot, and then we got to see a really good performance against them and against other uh, Sun Conference opponents as well. Yeah, once again, I mean, Ramirez, I love Justin Ramirez now. I mean, that kid, that kid can play. Like, he can track a lot, he cover a lot of ground in center field, and he can swing the bat. Also, once again, uh, Tiali, I mean, that that first home run that he hit was opposite field and really didn't look like he got much of it, but it just kind of shows you the amount of power that he has. I mean, 
op- opposite field power is hard to do. That's for sure. But yeah, with Maria, Ramirez and uh, Marquise Titiale, I mean, they're that's a that's a one two duo that's pretty feared in the lineup. No, absolutely. I, I love the top of AC's lineup. But Taylor, let's let's talk about that other team from Arizona that well there were a couple games that they didn't have the strongest performance but we got to talk about what they did against southeastern now obviously it did not end the the way it wanted to but you go eight or seven and one third inning dominating southeastern that is at least something that benue mesa could can hang their hat on on their time in lakeland yeah absolutely and it starts of course with the man cam havlin on the mound i mean that that was incredible i mean he was I, I remember tuning in and seeing the score, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. And still had the starter back out there as the broadcast mentioned. And like you said, I mean, hard to get through a Southeastern lineup that many times. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe he gives in here in a little bit. No, one, two, three, just mowing them down. I mean, six innings, six hits, one and run. I mean, 88 to 90 with a little bit of sink on the fastball. I mean, the 12-6, I mean, Nasty. That, thing, that thing was disgusting. It was given Southeastern fits all night. And – the moment he came out, it was more of just like, all right, we don't have to face him anymore. No, and can you imagine that feeling of a pitcher being like Southeastern's lineup is very, very happy that I'm getting pulled out of the game right now? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I remember that forever. I mean, I, I know he's probably not as happy as he would like to be with them losing the game ultimately and yeah. that just in, incredible comeback that really, I mean, only Southeastern – Honestly, off the top of my head, is probably capable of doing that. That yeah, late in the ball game, that down that many runs against a very, very good opponent. And it wasn't just Southeastern that they did that too. They got off to a good lead against St. Thomas the very next day, uh, right after Southeastern, that very emotional night that they had. They get up the next day and very similar uh, result against St. Thomas. Unfortunately for them, they you know, were dominant for the majority of the game, but towards the end, uh, St. Thomas came back and walked them off. Sun Conference teams don't quit. What can I say? Um, but still, it, it seems like if Benue Mesa can figure out their bullpen, this is a team I would not want to face in the opening round. Yeah, definitely not, especially with Cam Havlin on the mound once again. I mean, uh, we saw him throw that no-hitter last year, and I really like he he's honestly improved, if that's possible. I mean, that – that's a really, really good pitcher. And honestly, I don't think a lot of people around the country are going to know the name mm-hmm. until they have to go up against him. And if you don't know the name and you're facing them as like a three or a four in an open round, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot to get past for sure. They got to work on the bullpen a little bit, obviously. I mean, you exit with a seven or excuse me, a six run lead that late in a ball game. I mean, you expect to win that game as a starting pitcher. And then, of course, Southeastern takes over the game, gets to the bullpen, and obviously makes that comeback. But, yeah, yeah Havlin, Havlin's one of the top arms in the country for sure that really most people don't know about. No, absolutely. I think he is the most underrated arm right now in the NAI. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Uh, you, you could argue there's a couple of guys in Babson Park uh, that are going to listen to this that, that they'll disagree. But, um, no, no. And I, I love the fact that I can say this, that Cam is just as good of a person as he is pitcher. I got to talk with him for a couple of innings uh, during the game after he got pulled. He came out and he was uh, writing down some pitches and stuff uh, or was sitting by, by the guys that were writing the pitches behind home plate. I got to talk with Cam. He was a great guy. I congratulated him 
on on the performance that he had against this lineup and just just a gen, genuine all-around great dude man yeah absolutely and what behind that arm i mean ben you mesa can go really far um in the postseason for sure he can beat a lot of teams like you said if you're doing that against southeastern you have to like your chances going up against any other lineup that you face all year Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. Now, it will be up to their lineup to, uh, you know, maybe provide a little bit more power that uh, they were a very single, single, single score some runs with small ball. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Heck, they put up eight against a good southeastern team. Uh, you know, Reeves in their lineup. I liked him a lot. He had a couple of doubles on the weekend. I think he had four RBIs against uh, two. I think he had two against St. Thomas, two against. Southeastern, but you know, venue Mesa comparison that I drawed with them at the end of the East West Challenge, they're a lot like a Sun Conference team we're going to talk about down in West Palm Beach, where if they figure out their bullpen, they have the starting pitching talent and the bats where they could absolutely make a run and find themselves in Lewis and Idaho this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, West Coast baseball is really not that far off talent wise, I would say, from the rest of the country, as y'all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like these. You run into an opening round against a Cam Havland or anyone like that or Arizona Christian with Justin Ramirez. I mean, you're going to have your hands full. That is for sure. I mean, that it was one of the better performances that I saw in a while, um, honestly, with Havland doing that. I mean, he was stuff was incredible. I mean, it and oh. I'm, I'm sure it looked even better in person. I mean, I'm just looking on a stream view, but he was he probably to me, he put on the best pitch performance of the entire weekend. No, I I completely agree with you. I think he had the best pitching performance in in Lakeland this week. Uh, now uh, there there are one or two others we'll get into. Uh, but but yes, he was the pitching performance that stuck out to me, especially from a non non Sun Conference team. And you know, go, go going forward for him, I think he has the potential to not only be one of the top pitchers out west i think he is an absolute candidate for an all-american position come into the year it wouldn't surprise me one bit if i see his name on that list in may i mean he's really really good he had the best curveball that i saw this weekend there's no question i mean that thing was that thing was a true 12-6 and from that arm slot too i mean that's it's gonna look even tougher honestly i mean it's just going straight down like it is it's a true 12-6 it's really really good he's a really good arm so cam havland is a name to know for sure Absolutely. Let's uh, move on. Let's talk about another team out west, uh, about as far out west as we can go, that had two arms that were pretty dead gum impressive themselves and Vanguard. The, uh, they they had a, a JUCO transfer, Jacob Dahlstorm. Uh, he, uh, he ran into a little bit of power problems. He hung a couple up against St. Thomas, but he's 6'7", 230. But other than those long balls, including one that Brian Garcia hit, which we'll get into more more about that. That Brian Garcia home run was the biggest home run. Not that I've seen in person, but it was definitely the biggest home run that I saw in uh in in Lakeland this weekend. But going back to Vanguard, the offense had his back. Tommy Rodriguez went off against the Bobcats. Uh Bobcats kind of went with the more of a uh, mixed rotation against Vanguard, but still you put up you put up 14 against St. Thomas. That's nothing nothing to sneeze at. Tommy Rodriguez really stood out to me. He had a home run with four RBIs. So, Taylor, what do you think of Vanguard and Lakeland? I mean, they're just about the same as they are every year, honestly, maybe a little bit better. I mean, when you talk about Vanguard, you're you're always in an opening round. 
uh, of course, that rivalry out there is Vanguard and Westmont. It's usually for the conference title out there um, in the GSAC. And Vanguard, like you said, looked impressive. I mean, anytime you got you got the size like that at six seven two thirty on the mound, I mean, that's imposing. I don't I don't care how hard he throws; it's going to look harder and it's going to be tougher to hit. Um, but like you said, yeah, just a, a few mistakes. I mean, that'll get you against good, talented opponents. I mean, you leave a few balls up, they're going to make you pay. That's just college. I mean, that's what it is. But to go up with their lineup all the way out east and face the best the best competition that they'll face all year um, oh, until yeah. that postseason. I mean, they, they put on an impressive showing. I think they're really, really good. It wouldn't surprise me if they win that conference this year. Um, I I really do. Like, Vanguard really, really impressed me. It always really does. I mean, they always produce talent. I mean, like you said, I feel like they're just a lock to be a, a top 15 ranked team every season. Absolutely. Uh, another guy on the mound for Vanguard that impressed me was Justin Graves. He went, he only went four innings, but you know, beginning of year, take that with a grain of salt because, and I'll take it with less than that. He, no hit Kaiser through four innings. And look, we've talked about the bullpen for the Seahawks, but this lineup is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. We'll get into that uh, more later, but Justin Graves looks like they have two arms with him and Dahlstrom. Uh, I think Van Vanguard's pitching can carry them far. Uh, the bats, the bats kind of went to sleep for them a little bit later on. They only scored two against LSU Shreveport, and then you know I think they they just straight up they kind of ran out of gas when they got to the final day and played Southeastern, which you know it, when you lose to Southeastern, definitely take that one with with a grain of salt because we'll talk about them. But you know, you know that they, they, they're all right. Yeah, and that one was a little tough, honestly. I mean. With the the weather impacting those later games, I yeah. believe that was um, that was on Friday. Um, obviously, it pushed everything to Saturday that didn't get played, and then you have a few teams playing doubleheaders. And so, when you're playing a doubleheader in your first game is Southeastern at a bright and early 11 a.m. and of course uh, West Coast time there, that's 8 a.m. to them. That's not going to be a fun day. And uh, it, yeah, I yeah, mean it was exactly. it was 11 to one. Like you said, they got beat up. I mean that's what it is. I mean sometimes you're just not going to have it. Uh, they most of the time, that is going up against Southeastern. But, yeah, no, Vanguard – I think Vanguard's a really good team. I expect them to see – I expect to see them in top 15 all season, really. And, honestly, it, if they don't win the conference, it's probably going to be Westmont or Hope International, of course. But Vanguard's got to be the favorite out West. No, I agree. Uh, you know more about the GSEC than, than I do. But uh, if there's a better team in that conference than Vanguard, I got to see them play. Because that makes the GSAC an extremely, extremely good uh, conference. Now, it obviously already is one of the top conferences in the NAI. But if there's a team that can go out and beat Vanguard, that's a team that that's a team that's immediately on Lewiston watch. Because I think Vanguard, I wouldn't say they're a Lewiston favorite right now, but g give them a regional that doesn't have a, an LC or a Southeastern. Absolutely, I could see it. Yeah, and I mean they were they were close last year too, and then Westmont ended up getting them and advancing to uh, the World Series. But I mean, like you said, it, it it's one and two right there in the West. I mean Vanguard and Westmont. I mean that's you can almost pencil in that conference championship game to be those two every season in the GSAC, and it's going to be fun for them to battle at the top out West once we we see the scores every weekend. I mean Vanguard's behind those two arms too, and once again. Six seven two thirty on the mound is imposing. Buddy needs to go play tight end. Hey, Darnell Washington left. Hey, hey, come to the G. 
<laughs> I think I think we'll be I think the dogs will be okay in the tight end tight end room this year. I this, think Brock, this is true. I think Brock Bowers can, can, I think he'll suffice. Um <laughs> uh, hey, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about one of your favorite players in the NAI. Let's go down to the Bayou, LSU Shreveport. Uh now guy he had a little bit of a scare, Bobby Bath. Uh Taylor, when I text you saying Bobby Bath just got Pulled with an injury. Uh, how did you feel? I, I, I sunk a little in my chair uh, <laughs> when I read that because not only is Shreveport. I mean, Shreveport's been to back-to-back World Series. I mean that that goes without saying. Yes. They won. They won the conference, but they're like they're one of the they're one of the most well-coached baseball teams I have seen personally, and that goes yeah. for any level. Uh, Brad Neffendorf, what he's done there. I mean, he's. He's an elite coach, honestly. I mean, you win 50-plus games back to, like, back-to-back like back years and you make Lewiston back-to-back years. That's incredible. And obviously it starts with Bobby Bath. I mean, if you want to talk about just a guy that you would hate if he was not on your team, but you would love if he was on your team, that is Bobby Bath. A fire. Bobby, Bath, Bobby Bath probably pitches with the most intensity I have seen since – a guy named Luke Smith at Louisville a couple years back, and um, you will remember Luke Smith because in the College World Series against Vanderbilt, Luke Smith um, this is, this is family chose, a, chose a four-letter word to say okay. to Vanderbilt's dugout after a strikeout that starts with an F that I will not repeat on here. Please and don't. <laughs> um, yeah, Bobby Vass, Bobby Vass does does a lot of the same, man. Bobby Vass, a dude, and that mentality obviously makes him a better pitcher. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing it. Um, or he wouldn't be allowed to do it because he literally like he could cause a fight with the other team every time he takes the mound. But also it'd be hard to fight a guy that's shutting you out because he's he's one of the best pitchers in the NAI. And like it obviously Bobby Vath is the ace, but it goes deeper and deeper in that. I mean, they had Kevin Miranda last year who had I think 140 strikeouts to only 17 walks. He's pitching and I think he signed a contract with the, the Red Sox, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, free agent contract, but that was their two last year, and Bobby Vath is back. And their lineup lost a little bit, but I would say they replaced it a lot lineup-wise and even more in the bullpen. I mean, every guy they threw out after Vath exiting with an injury was just electric, electric stuff. Yeah, and we look at the LC scoreline that that uh, Bobby started in, and it, the game ended six nothing. But I, I watched all nine innings of that game. It wasn't a six nothing game. They were, there was a wall scraper, three run shot at the very end. Now six nothing is six nothing. Yes, but I, I I was impressed overall by LSU Shreveport. I really wish they were in the West because I would have loved a World Series, another re- World Series matchup between them and Southeastern. That that would have, especially uh, at Southeastern Stadium with, with that uh, very hitter-friendly ballpark, that would have been a very fun matchup. But, hey, shout out LSU Shreveport for uh, helping the, the East win the inaugural NAIA ball uh, uh, East-West Challenge. But let's talk a little bit about that lineup, though, because it was neutralized at first by a Lewis Clark pitcher that we are going to talk about here in just a second. But then they got to play in Benu Mesa, Arizona Christian. They definitely picked it up. It started with Zion Avery. He had four RBIs, including a three-run shot. Uh, I believe that one was against AC. Uh, they continue, or no, I'm sorry, that one was against Benu Mesa. Against AC, it was Carlos Pinheiro hitting a solo shot. 
I think LSU's report, they they have uh, revamped their lineup, which was the big question mark for the pilots coming into this year. What do you think about the LSU report lineup in Lakeland this week? I mean, I, aside from the shutout, which, like you said, the arm that they faced is elite. So you kind of throw that out. I mean, they're, they really haven't missed a beat, honestly. I watched them last year in the Cajun Collision, and they were ranked fourth in the country at the time. And, uh, of course, Ryan Major is back, and his brother Aubrey Major, who was the two-way from Xavier, who we saw a lot in Lewiston, is gone. Um, but Zion Avery's back. Pinero's back. I mean, this is a really good lineup. This is it's a top-five team in the NAI for a reason. I really don't expect them to fall out of the top five. I expect them to honestly be an opening round host again. Um, this is, I mean, they're, they're an elite program for sure. They're, they got to win a championship obviously, but they're, they're putting their names right up there with the Southeasterns and all of them right now. They're, they're elite. No, without a doubt. They are, they are essentially Georgia Gwinnett a few years ago. They are Georgia Gwinnett right before they won their title. They are extremely good. They're an extremely fun group. And as you said, they're one of the most well-coached teams in the NAI, which you know, no shocker. Now, they may fall out of the top five. I don't know what, what it'll look like because they did have that loss to Mobile, which doesn't look great. Uh, it was a close, I think it was like nine to 10 right before, and it was opening day. So, I mean, yeah, but the loss to LC, we could see them maybe fall out of that top five in the next polls, but they'll be right back in it uh, throughout the year. I mean, they won't, they won't leave this top 10. They're going to dominate their conference and they'll be, you know, like you said, I think there will be an opening round in Shreveport, Louisiana this year. Yeah. For, I mean, for the second year in a row, I mean, really in the Red River Conference too, I mean, no, no knock to the Red River Conference, but I mean, it's really, it's, it's Shreveport and then a step down, honestly. And then, you know, Alexandria and Texas A&M, Texas Arcana, even University of the Southwest who beat Shreveport in their conference tournament last year. But I mean, it's LSU Shreveport, but if Bobby Vath is on the mound, I like their chances to beat most anyone in the entire nation, honestly. I mean, they're, and once again, too, back to the bullpen, I mean, after Vath came out, like they're, there was some really, really high leverage stuff coming out. I mean, that was – there was no drop-off, really. I mean, the only drop-off, really, I'd say, is Bobby Vath probably has one of the best sliders in the entire nation. No one's really going to touch that. But... Frisbee. Yeah, that. other than that, man, I mean, just – you might as well pencil in for me, Shreveport and Lewiston, honestly. I mean, they're, they're such a good ball club. It really wouldn't surprise me if they make a run again this year. No, I mean that they've become a normal face that that's in Lewiston, and I I agree with you. Uh, now, something we're going to do for NAISB is do our ten to Columbus uh, on the next episode. Well, we we should we should do maybe a little ten to Lewis, and that'd be a fun 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 thing to do. But let's talk about a team. Well, we got to talk about Lewiston. We're talking about Lewiston. We've got to talk about the Lewiston, the Lewis and Clark state warriors so we we talked about cam being one of the best pitchers in in, in the east west challenge for venue mesa there is one guy who might have that title from him that's trevin hope who looked phenomenal against lsu shreveport now that was a game unfortunately you weren't able to watch because it was over at lake myrtle but I, I sent you some clips of hope on the mound he wasn't with the Warriors last season, but and actually, now I think about. It, let me uh, let me just say one more thing about Bobby Bath. 
We are not doctors. We do not know what exactly the injury is with Bobby. We are all just hoping and praying, though, for a speedy recovery with Bobby. Hopefully there's nothing serious. If we're lucky, maybe we see him in the Cajun collision. Uh, but at the very least, we do hope and pray for Bobby to have a speedy recovery because, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say it, NAI baseball won't be the same this season without him if, if it is if it is a, an unfortunate an unfortunate injury. Yeah, but, yeah no question. I mean, he's – yeah. I love him. I love I love the intensity he pitches with. I wish people would play play like that more. Honestly, I wish that style wasn't frowned upon. Because if it works for you, I mean, go do it. And clearly, it's worked for Bobby Bath to a tune of being a top five pitcher in the country. Yeah, Trevin Hope was a little bit the opposite of that. He was very boom, boom, boom. Took care of business. Went six innings, five strikeouts against Shreveport. Uh, that was the best pitcher on pitcher match matchup. Bobby and and Trevin going up against each other. Uh, like I said, we wish Bobby w- would have gone six. That way we could have had just six innings of phenomenal pitching against two of the best lineups in the NAIA. But for LC, they, I mean, they were so good with the glove, man. Lewis Clark is going to have consistently the best glove gloves in the country, best infield, best outfield. I think they had one throwing error maybe the entire week. Uh, I know that, that that was it. I believe one error was all they were accounted for in Lakeland, and that that's a nobody's surprise. They are such a fundamentally sound team. Yeah, I mean it's they're the most story baseball program in the NAI. I mean, and a, a coach like Jake Taylor. I mean, you know they're going to play defense. I mean, I I texted you about um, the Hawaiian sensation Pukahani Desai. Um, about him being a defensive wizard. And then uh, the next half inning, he makes a diving play to end the inning against Southeastern. I mean, it's on cue. And then oh, – Yeah, that was crazy. You you literally you literally text that, and then that play, that play happened. I can attest. Yeah, no, I mean, he's – I watched him make some plays in Lewiston last year where I'm like, why are you playing NAI baseball? Because that <laughs> – like, his glove is – it's an elite glove. And honestly, I mean – and. Of course, LC had a, the, the big time transfer Isaiah Thomas from Vandy. Um, didn't didn't do too great, I'd say, for his first weekend at the NAI. But once again, first weekend, you haven't had live at bats against another team in a while. You kind of take that for what you will. I mean, he the guy put up some absurd numbers in 2021 in the SEC. So you can only think he's going to get better. But honestly, Nick Siemens um, with three homers on the weekend, the returner in center field for them wasn't really asked to do a lot offensively last year, more of more of a, a typical leadoff defensive outfielder kind of role, but he's, he's improved. He's improved a lot from what I remember seeing him last year at the plate, man. He's, he's got a really good swing. He's going to, he's going to control that lineup at the top all year. He's a really good bat and glove, obviously. Yeah. Unfortunately his home run, I went to, I went to the restroom, came back and saw they put one up. And I was like, what happened? And they were like, see, uh, Nick Siemens just hit one out. And I was like, of course he did. Right. When I went to go uh, use the restroom, but I do want to talk about Isaiah Thomas real quick. I think we can put this up a, or talk this one up. As you said, opening week, first couple of games, a long time since he's had lot live ABs. I think we could also uh, put in, Hey, this is, NAI, yes, I get you were in the SEC. I get you have one of the most iconic home runs in the last three or four years, the walk-off against Georgia Tech. But uh, when you're going up against LSU Shreveport, Southeastern, Kaiser, mm-hmm. 
these are elite teams with elite pitching. This is why the NAI and the, the top NAI teams are better than Division Two, and I think knocking on the door of some uh, of the top of the lower Division One teams. I don't think that's a crazy thing to all at, at all. And if you think that's a crazy thing uh, that, that I've said, just wait until we get to talk about Southeastern because I got to take uh, I, I, I got to take it for y'all, but we'll, we'll simmer down here for a second. But no, I I think Isaiah Thomas will absolutely lock in. I think he will be one of the best players in the NAI this year. Only batted one sixty seven against uh against the East. Uh, struggled against uh LSU Shreveport. Uh, went zero for four against Southeastern. But I don't think that this guy's gonna be batting one sixty seven consistently over the next couple of months. And if he is. Jake Taylor ain't gonna start him. I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, that is that is for sure. Uh, but back to Trevin Hope, though. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, guy was up to ninety five. I mean, his his off speed was just so so sharp. I mean, tunneled tunneled both pitches really well. I mean, Trevin Hope looked like a top end arm in the NAI this weekend for sure, and obviously doing it against a potent lineup like Shreveport. I mean, that's it's nothing to scoff at, man. And I mean, he he's got elite, elite stuff for sure. I mean, fastball, fastball slider. I mean, that it's a good combo right there. I mean, that that fastball is jumping out of his hand. No, it, it really is. And I, as you said, he was a mid 90s guy. And then when you have a starter going mid mid 90s in the NAI, you got something. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I don't it's LC, man. I mean, you it, it, it's expected they're going to win 40, 40 plus games, probably 50. Um, they're probably going to host an opening round now because they don't get the automatic bid anymore to the World Series. Um, but we'll still probably host the opening round. Probably going to make it in. I would have to guess. I mean, with a talent like this, consistently year in year out, I mean, it's expected. You expect to get to the World Series, and if you don't, yeah, I mean, you're probably getting cut. No, yeah, it it, it would be a shock to not see well Lewis Clark and Lewiston th this year. Uh, I I would be shocked. I mean, I would be just as shocked for them not to be there as I would Southeastern not to be there. Well, maybe a little, little bit. If Southeastern doesn't make it to Lewiston, then something insane's happened. Uh, <laughs> but Taylor, you want to uh, wrap up? Uh, anything else with the with the four West opponents and LSU Shreveport? Anything else you want to add on before we get talking about the, the Sun Conference teams? Nothing other than the West. The West showed out and put on for their side of the country. That is for sure. From Arizona Christian to Ben U, all the way up to LC. I mean, really, really no blowouts other than a few. I mean, and that was obviously, like we said, the Vanguard Southeastern game. But that's just that was just tough. I mean, that's just what it is. But other than that, I mean, the West, the West put on for sure. And I think a lot of the country is on notice a lot more of these individual players and teams uh, if should they have to face them in the postseason. Yeah, and like I said, uh, you know, Robbie Connor, um, God rest his rest his soul, Cody. Uh, the, there's just such an amazing thing that they've done with this East West Challenge that has, that get gave these East Coast teams and LSU Shreveport, if you'll call them East Coast as well, an opportunity to see the uh, these opponents. And next year, I don't, I assume they'll the NAI ball will be doing something out west with with the east west challenge and if they do you know sending teams like southeastern kaiser uh at st thomas sending them out west and give those folks uh, a little bit of taste of sun conference baseball i think that's something that nai needs 
that media coverage, that and media coverage, it helps not only grow the game, but it connects the, these teams out west with these teams out east. Besides, you know, maybe an opening round or meeting in Lewiston, you get an opportunity to see them in, in January and February. Yeah, and it really makes your team better. I mean, for conference play, tournament play, all that. I mean, just having the the know of like, okay, well, we played a southeast like Ben Mesa. We played a southeastern pretty damn good until uh, through eleven innings. Honestly, I mean, you you can take that and go to your other conference opponents and be like, yeah, probably not going to see a southeastern every weekend in the GSAC or the GPAC or anything like that. So, the confidence level, I'm sure, of every team out west is is grown a lot over the the past week absolutely all right taylor let's talk about let's talk about the best conference in the nai um we'll go from who i would i don't want to say least impressed i think there there are points that all three of these teams impressed me for certain moments but let's start down with with the team that i would say didn't have the best performance of the three teams with kaiser i think I, i i with kaiser I believe they have the starting pitching, and I know they have the lineup to make a Lewiston run this year. However, they got to fix the bullpen. Am, am I correct with that, am I, or, or am I just being too hard on the Seahawks, Taylor? Spot on. Spot on. Yeah. I mean, the 6 the six nothing lead, lost that one to Arizona Christian. Um and when I left that game, it was six to one. I thought they had it in the bag. Not gonna lie, I was already making a, a graphic for it because I was like, I think they're, 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 they'll they'll be able to handle AC. And then, you know, the the bullpen happened. Now, Taylor, what is the roof? What is what is the best Kaiser can do if they fix their pitching this year? If they fix their pitching, I think they can make oh. a run at the Sun Conference tournament with that lineup. Let me rephrase. Um, let me rephrase. Bullpen, because I do want to yeah. preface that they they had some good good starting pitching. Uh, Garrett Rice had a really really good performance against Lewis Clark. I, I do do want to. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I did want to preface. Just make sure I'm saying the bullpen. Yeah, and if it, like it's tough, like with, we talked about it with Havlin too. I mean, leaving a game that late with such a big lead. I mean, you expect to win that game, and that's really the key to winning baseball games is your bullpen. I mean, your starter can only go so long. Um, your starter can't go a complete nine every time, obviously, especially now in uh, today's world of baseball. And if you fix, if Kaiser can fix the bullpen, because like you said, their lineup impressed, uh, their starters, their starting pitching impressed. But if you don't have that bullpen, man, I mean, we saw it with Southeastern. They're never out of a game, and Southeastern's in their conference. So if you don't, if you don't fix the bullpen, I mean, what do you, what can you expect to do? Um, come conference play against Southeastern and Weber and St. Thomas and all of them. Yeah, and I do like their two starters. Uh, uh, Garrett Rise, as we said, went a solid four and two-thirds, one-earned run against Lewis Clark. Uh, An- Anthony Fernay gave Coach Fordyce a solid three innings against Vanguard as well, but bu- bullpen and some really good pitching, uh, as we've already alluded to from Vanguard, it, that gave them – uh, that gave the advantage and they end up winning. But we did get to see this Seahawk lineup really c- come to life against Benu Mesa. Uh, Maurice Go- Gomez, he has become one of the best outfielders in, in the Sun Conference, in my opinion. Uh, he was only a double away from the cycle against Benu. He went four for five with three three ribeye steaks. Uh, sh- shout out my boy Jay Schuler over at Southeastern for that one. Um, 
Jay's awesome. I, I, you you got to meet Jay Shuler. He's going to be like the number two or number three arm uh, for Southeastern this year. He was doing the the he was writing down the pitches and miles per hour and all, and all that stuff when he wasn't pitching. Dude had me dying pretty much the the entire time when I when Southeastern was playing. Great guy. Uh, gave, gave me some liners I can use for uh, yeah. the podcast, uh, which you, which, you know, I, I got, I got a couple, but yeah, he, he has helped me add a couple to my collection, including the old ribeye steaks. I like, I like that one a lot, but uh, anyways, back, back to Kaiser, uh, their second baseman, Ian Ortiz was another guy that really impressed. He went three for four with five RBIs against Benu Mesa. I, I could, I really think Kaiser can look at, look, look at their time in Lakeland this week and, be like, okay, at the end, we really did figure things out. The starting pitching and bullpen looked pretty good against Benue. And, hey, they may be a team that has to win games 11-7. to 7. There's nothing wrong with that. They can go out and score 10 runs a game. That Then it's a different story. Then we're singing a different tune. However, it is a good lineup, but it's not – a lineup about about the, as, good, as good as the two teams we're about to talk talk about down in Miami Gardens and up here in Lakeland, but it's still a solid lineup, and they got to fix the bullpen. If they fix the bullpen, I think the boys out of West Palm Beach will undoubtedly be back in an opening round. However, I think the we talked about the ceiling that the ceiling is they could very well be in Lewiston. However, the floor if this bullpen doesn't get fixed, it's a pretty low floor, and it and it could get. It could get bad, especially when you got to not only have a few good guys, you got to have quite a few good guys running through the lineups in the Sun Conference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that opening, we especially with an event like this, you you really find out quickly what kind of team you are. And I think Kaiser has found that out. And obviously, um, as far as the non-conference schedule goes, I mean, you're going to work out who's going to be your one or two or three guys out of the bullpen. Um but will they give you that um, required production needed to close out ball games? Once again, they're in the toughest conference in the nation, and that it's by a lot. Honestly, I mean, they're that conference is a gauntlet. It's almost it's pretty much like the Big Twelve is in basketball right now. Um, just Yo, every every week, every weekend, man. I mean, every weekend you're going to run into elite elite lineups, elite pitching, and. Pitching and defense can travel, but I don't know how far into games that they will get um, and be competitive without a bullpen. So I think we can revisit this um, at the start of conference play and we'll have a better answer. Um, but to me, really, just the not seeing Kaiser as much as you guys do down in Florida, their lineup really impressed. I mean, obviously, Tim Burchard's gone, and that's, that's a name that's going to be a Seahawk legend forever. But they really they didn't fall off much offensively, man. I mean they oh. they got they had a lot of power in that lineup, like you said, uh, Brian, or yeah, Brian Garcia hit the bomb, and yeah, I mean that Kaiser's yeah. going to be a good. I think Kaiser's going to be a good team. It's just the bullpen's a huge question mark. Yeah, Brian Garcia is a guy we we're about to talk to. He's down down at uh, St. Thomas, but Maurice Gomez uh, was a. That yeah, that that was a guy uh, you were talking about. He looked really good. Um, also Cy Cyrus Grimes, he's got a nice little flow going out the back back of the helmet. Old Blondie, he's uh he had a good good weekend, and he's going to be one of the top bats in the Sun Conference. But let's uh move down a little bit southwest of West Palm Beach, and let's talk about St. Thomas, who at the beginning of the East West Challenge, I was like, 
oh boy, this uh that they lost more than I thought thought they lost because I thought that they didn't lose that much. They got smoked against Vanguard, but after that, they were as good. I think they were the the second best team here in, in Lakeland behind the the host. Uh, they had the rough one against Vanguard, like I said, but that second game, that second game made up for it and more. Eleven to two throttling of the Lewis Clark State Warriors. That was arguably the most impressive win of the weekend. Yeah, and you you and I both know that that uh we would not want him to have been in that post game huddle with Jake Taylor after losing eleven to two. That is that one's gonna be rough. They're probably still getting talked to back home already. But yeah, St. Thomas, I mean for me, not being in Florida, you just gotta say Jorge Perez. I mean, he's done an incredible job. Yep. Down there in St. Thomas, and um, got him in a, hosting an open round last year, I believe. Um, oh, obviously, lost right that right. opening round to Weber, but that's a topic for another day with the selection. Um, but yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, no, I mean, Coach Perez. Coach Perez is like is like uh, Coach Neffendorf. He's one of the best in the business, and his team's always going to be competitive. They're always going to be higher end in the rankings. I would say every single season. Um, and that that Vanguard start did surprise me and you both, but I mean, if you're if you're following that up with a just a, a beatdown of Lewis and Clark State, you can probably call it a fluke. Yeah, I, I mean, baseball's baseball's weird. I mean, you're going to get every now and then. You're going. I mean, you, when you're playing 50, 60 games a year, you're going to have one or two where you just get torched. It it happens. It happened to uh, it happened to Southeastern last year. Last year, they went down to West Palm Beach and lost two, two of three to Kaiser. And, I mean, same, same to Weber. Weber went down to Kaiser and got swept. But Brian Garcia, we talked about earlier, good Lord, that home run that he had off of uh, Vanguard's start, starting pitcher. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Who, what was he in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dahlstrom was still in uh, when it happened. But that was when I was alluded to earlier. So, if for y'all who have not been to Lake Myrtle uh, Sports Complex, good complex, by the way, uh, it's 400 foot to dead center. And on the field they're playing at, there's some pine trees sticking up under uh, younger pine trees, but still pine trees sticking up past the outfield fence. That thing was was giving those trees a haircut. (laughs) It was absolutely smashed. But uh, Brian Garcia. In the outfield for them, he is going to absolutely fill the role of one of the holes that needed to be filled. Him and Kevin Morano, he was one of the most impressive uh, Bobcats that I saw. The first baseman, that was another spot where, okay, who's going to be at first base for the Bobcats? It was Kevin Morano. Uh, he batted 357, three extra base hits, and three RBIs, including a three-run home run against Lewis Clark. However, there's one guy we have to talk about, Taylor, who was the best Bobcat for Jorge Perez Assad, and it was Chris Scholler. Three home runs on the week, two of them against LC. And, Taylor, when I'm looking at it, and obviously it's really early to start saying who's going to be the best at a position or a certain part of the field, I think it's hard to argue against Scholler and uh, Moreno being the best right side of the infield in the NAI this year. Yeah, no question. I mean, you're putting up numbers like that. I mean, especially 
especially two homers against LC that really stands out to me. I mean, obviously three on the weekend against the great competition, but to hit two homers in a game against Lewis and Clark, man, I mean, that's, that's impressive. That, like that, that's going to get a lot of attention from a lot of people across the country. And I'd imagine he's going to be pitched to a little bit differently uh, <laughs> later on in the, in, in the, at least in the non-conference schedule. Um, but yeah, no, like, like I said, I mean, St. Thomas is an elite program and these two, look at just look out that's all i gotta say is look out yeah uh and like you said he will be pitched to differently and a big reason you know he'll probably be in that you know four five maybe three hole for the bobcats this year and i love the top of this saint thomas lineup with kendry norgia norgia and joey thompson i mean those are two guys that we could look up at the end of the year and are both batting north of 350 and both have 15 to 20 stolen bases yeah, possibly more too, just depending on how the season goes. I mean, right. They can put up elite not elite stolen base numbers, that is for sure. And honestly, I mean, with the protection that they have um behind them too, I expect them to like they're gonna get picked on, obviously, a lot, because you really don't want to throw to the big boppers behind them. But that's I don't see them I don't see them like really folding really at all. I mean, they're it's a good lineup, man. It's a really, really good lineup. It is. I mean, you add in uh, you know, household names from the last year, year or two with Robin Fernandez and Jose uh, Rangrel. Uh, where do you think this lineup ranks as far as other uh, NAI lineups? I mean, it's got to be up there in the top 10, right? I would say. I mean, obviously, Southeastern is going to be the first one that comes to mind there. Um, I think Lewis and Clark could have the potential to have a top 10 lineup as well. Obviously, they're going to have to work out just a little bit of opening day rust, but I mean, they're all usually always one of the top 10 lineups, but St. Thomas is no slouch, man. I mean, Scholler and Moreno and Brian Garcia. I mean, like you said, that's a bomb. That like that Brian yeah. Garcia bomb, that is a bomb and a half. So, Oh yeah. Go, go yeah. Team. Like if you but want Noriega and Thompson too, like going back, you have to have the table setters at the lineup for the, the big run producers behind them. And they have that. I mean, this is, this is an elite lineup. Absolutely. And uh, y'all can go check out that Brian Garcia home run. It's posted on Suncast with the majority of the home runs uh, Sun Conference teams hit in Lakeland this weekend. And I and I, y'all can tell tell me if I'm lying to you or not. I think it was the biggest home run there. Uh, the, the question for St. Thomas is pretty similar to Kaiser. Look, they had arguably the best bullpen in the NAI last year, and they lost a lot of those arms. They and they needed some answers. They needed some answers from starting pitching. Uh, a guy you 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 might kind of know, and he's an Oakwood guy, Crosby Bringhurst. He was really Im- impressive against Lewis Clark. Uh, he went six innings, five strikeouts, uh, and only gave up two hits uh, against LC. And at, that was after uh, the first start of the year for him, which was against Kaiser, where he gave Coach uh, Co- Coach Jose a good three innings against the Seahawks. Yeah, Binghurst has been been a guy that's had his name on the map uh, with Oakwood being such a good program too. Um, obviously, we didn't get—I didn't get to see him personally, but saw clips of him. Just people that knew him was like, "Yeah, he's a really good arm." I saw him. Saw that he was at St. Thomas. Um, I think before last year, maybe the year before, might have been the COVID year. I'm not 100, but obviously, I was talking to you about it. I'm like, "Oh, Crosby Binghurst, huh?" To be yeah. honest with you, I forgot. I thought he was out of eligibility. Um, but that's just because I'm old. So, <laughs> Bing, 
Bing Hurst, dude, like he was a guy at Oakwu, and if he's doing that in the sun, you know he's he know he's a special talent. Absolutely. And if, if St. Thomas has the the pitching this year, I think they are right back up there with Weber and I mean Southeastern's kind of in a league of their own right now. They are at the top. It's a, I'm I've said it on here before. I've told you when you're when you're top top of the world, you're you're on top, you're on top until they get you get knocked down. Uh, you want to add anything else about St. Thomas or Kaiser before we talk about those guys in Lakeland? I'm. It, this just gets me more excited to tune in to these conference matchups when they take place down the road. That's all. Oh, absolutely! Hey, you got to be tuning in uh, when they are in Babson Park. You got, you got. I know you get about sick of hear, hearing my voice all the time, but you got, you got to, you got to maybe just mute it. <laughs> oh no, I'm locked in, man. If, if there's if there's good baseball being played, I will watch no matter the level. Absolutely. Well, there's going to be plenty of good baseball across the NAI and across the Sun Conference. And I dare you to find me better baseball than what is played in Lakeland, Florida. So here's the take I got, Taylor. You tell me if I'm just absolutely crazy or if I'm not, because I thought like this is one that could put me in a mental in- a- asylum, or at least people will try to if because they, they're not educated on NAI baseball. The Southeastern baseball have a top 25 lineup in all of college baseball in the 2023 season. Fact or fiction? You know, coming into this season, I would have said fiction just because of the bats that they lost. But that's a fact. I mean, they're better. Somehow they are better than a 59-3 and season in a national championship. Somehow they have a better lineup. And to be honest with you, they might have a deeper pitching staff. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm I'm laughing because I say it a lot, but to hear somebody else say it, it's it's great. How how Taylor? This was the one of the best NAI baseball teams of all time in 2022. I don't know if I agree with you on the pitching. I, I'm I'm not sure if I agree with you there. But on the batting, in the bat, they're better. How does that ha- how does that happen? I mean. When you got just mammoth human beings like Nick Block and Chase Bryant patrolling the outfield, I mean, those guys just stepping in the box, I wouldn't want to pitch to. But I mean, I don't, I think we'd be remiss. Justin Fields' cousin plays baseball for them. Not only does he play baseball, he hits moonshots. Dude, I, my, all right. So, uh, just take like the situation out of it or anything. My favorite home run video I got was his solo shot against Cam. The, the sunset, the swing, every I, I have just sat and watched the videos of them swinging the bat. The, him, Pagazo, uh, Block, on obviously Gary Laura. Watching them swing the bat is different. I mean, it it it's it's almost like when I go golfing or go golfing with my friends and see them, and then go and watch Tiger Woods highlights. It is insane. And we haven't got to the craziest part about this team. There was two things you could say about them last year. You could say they kicked the ball around the infield a little bit, which I will admit they did do that here. Did it matter? No. The other thing was you could run on their outfielders. I dare you to run run on Mr. Block in right field. You don't want to do that. All right. So picture this. Uh, in right field, it says Southeastern University across and to, from right center to right field. 
there was a ball ball hit to the wall. Um, I think it was Ben U Mesa. It was either Ben U or AC. I think it was Ben U. Ball gets hit to the Y in university. Laser, frozen rope, picked it up, boom, all the way, all the way to Isaac Nunez, puts the tag down. I was in shock. Uh, what I mean, they have gone and they fixed it. Uh, when I asked Coach Dinkle about their outfield, because I had heard that they had vastly improved their defense, uh, of course, he kept it. They were just a lot more athletic, uh, a little bit more, more than that. He didn't tell me that they had guys with actual rocket launchers attached to to their arm. He he failed to let he failed to mention that little detail right there. And oh oh my gosh! And I didn't really get to see anybody else in the outfield just go and make any crazy play. But they didn't have that last year. They didn't have a a, a Nick block. Don't get no no knock to the guys guys like Thomas Broyles from last year's team. Obviously, uh, that their names are etched in NAI ball history forever but good lord man i mean they're they're just so good and, and we're, we're, we're just getting into it because that throw there wasn't even the best throw that i saw uh from southeastern Pro pablo uh lanzardo if y'all haven't seen that clip yet of him throwing out a pinch runner a guy put in to go steal second base for arizona christian and he mowed him down on a pitch in the dirt. Yeah, it was a sub it, easily sub two pop time. Easily, I mean that was that was that was one of the best throws that I've seen from a catcher in a while. And yeah. then, like we saw, we saw him with LC too, and LC's was pretty good. But I mean, Pablo's. You talk about uh, Block's arm. Pablo's arm is. I mean. With a name like Pablo, he better be throwing it a uh, tribute to Pablo Sanchez from backyard baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, like he's like the, the Purdue transfer. I mean, behind the plate, man. I mean, you can you can just tell that he's like. I don't think many people are going to be running on him, honestly. I mean, that was, that was an incredible, incredible throw. I mean, block and and Lanzarote. Yeah, um, we're talking about throwing. We haven't even really gotten to the the power yet. We will. Um, the starting pitching for Southeastern and Lakeland, I'd say it was just a little bit of rust because Rob Rob had a rough first inning. Now there was a, there was an error uh, that led to a couple of unearned runs, uh, but after that first inning, Rob Adams was absolutely tremendous uh, uh, for, for them. Jay Schuler was good in, good in about for the first three innings. He got beat up a little bit, but I think Schuler is going to be a, that a solid second or third arm for them. But I saw mentally with them, they flipped the switch because they didn't play great against AC. I'm gonna be honest. They, they, they played good. They played, they, they were, they played good. But they didn't play great against AC. And obviously they did not play well against Ben Mesa until one out in the eighth inning, but with one out in the eight, eighth inning, that whole eighth inning, a flip switched, a flip switch. And they realized, Oh, it's not just going to be handed to us this year. We got to go. We're a whole different group and we want to be better. That's another thing. They don't really think about last year's group. A lot, a lot of these guys, even the guys that were there last year, like Isaac, Gary, Rob, they're not thinking about last year. They want to go and become the face of NAI baseball. Because I still think, 
the face of NAI baseball from a team perspective, it's got to be LC, right? I mean, you win, you win one. Don't get me wrong. They are the best team in the country right now. No, you can't deny it. But you go win back to back, you overthrow LC as the top dog. And that, I mean, it's just like those guys right there, just like Georgia. Even though they Georgia won in 2021, they weren't the face of college football until they repeated. And I don't know if I'm if you can pick pick against them. Um, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm so far out from get, get, giving World Series picks right now. It's not even funny. Here's the craziest thing they did though, because we haven't even gotten into we. And I can tell you another thing: they hit 15 home runs in four games. That's not the craziest thing they did. The craziest thing they did is when LC threw their one of their best players from last year. One, I'm sorry, one of their best pitchers from last year. They did a bullpen game. Southeastern did a bullpen game, and they beat them eight to three. Andrew Wild Bill Long, four innings, five strikeout ball. Amazing, amazing performance out of the bullpen. He's going to be a guy that that when they – in conference tournament time, when they need a guy to go and start four or five, you need your starters to have an extra day of rest, that he's going to see it. Uh, we talked about Jay Shuler uh, being the two or three guy. I think we'll see Shuler probably be uh, the third guy – in rotation because I, I I was extremely impressed by Darian Smith uh, and his showing against the Vanguard going six innings of 11 strikeout ball. He had them fooled. Probably uh, the the second or third most impressive uh, pitching performance behind Cam and Hope against Shreveport, and he was right up there with them. I mean – Honestly, I would say the performance was probably better than Hope against Shreveport. Uh, I would say you'd have to give the nod. Yes, Hope did play a better lineup because I think Shreveport is better than Vanguard's lineup. But still, six innings of 11 strikeout ball against a team that put up 14 against St. Thomas, eh, not too shabby. Yeah, and like it, it, it surprised me when you told me that Andrew Long wasn't a starter for him, honestly. Um, back over the weekend i'm like god this guy is incredible like he's mowing down lc right now no he came, out, he came out of the bullpen against ac or ben U. uh one or the other i think it was ac but no he, he came out of the bullpen now i'm sure he could start for him i'm sure um uh if i'm sure he could go and give him six seven innings uh but i do think he he's a bullpen guy uh for them but yeah, yeah, we could see him start. But no, I, I think Wild Bill's probably going to be him along with Mata. Uh, will, will be right up there with that uh, southeastern bullpen. I mean, what 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 did you think think about him though? Oh, because because Wild Bill. Oh, also, I mean, you 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 want to guess what his uh, pitching warm up song is? Uh, Wild thing. No, how about? Bill, 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 <laughs> the science guy. Yes, bro. I swear. Oh yes. Oh man. No, that I, is that's that's walk up song of the year. It, it's up there. It's up there. But I gotta tell you, the guy out of the bullpen that impressed me the most uh, out of I mean, pretty much any reliever, but definitely for Southeastern, it was uh, Reese Weisinger. Uh, that that's number n- number ten for them. I first off. One of the best windups. I love his windup and his ability to get down the mound and get downhill. He 
I know he's uh I believe high eighties to low probably low uh, low nineties guy. But when you're uh, a bigger guy like him, a taller guy with with just big strong legs, kind of like a Spencer Strider type, and you're able to go and get downhill like that, that uh, that makes it look ninety six ninety seven coming out of his hand. Yeah, and it's not. It's more of like a. I would say funky delivery, like the mo the motion, like you said. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of arms flying at you, a lot of legs flying at you, and then it just explodes. And not to mention, I mean, that and his, his and his off speed. I mean, but I texted you immediately after seeing him throw like three pitches. I'm like, holy crap! Like this guy is an electric. Right. And, um, he was put into a high leverage role uh, very immediately, and I. If he's yeah, not the closer, I mean, if he if he's a setup guy, if he's not the the ninth inning guy, I mean, who else do they have? And thank God uh, I don't have to face it. I could see David Mata maybe. I think he'd be more of a seventh or eighth inning guy. But no, I think I think he he will be their closer, uh, maybe eighth inning guy. But but still, he he was uh, just in, incredible. One of my favorite relievers uh for coach Dinkle's side and i mean just thinking about what they've built in lakeland it's it doesn't just seem like it's a one-year thing was obviously not they've had success for a number of years but it does seem like they are taking that step so i want to ask you a question here who would you take to win the world series would you take southeastern or would you take the field (laughs) <laughs> I'm probably taking the fire, honestly. Really? Yeah. Like would... we're already at, we're we're almost for me at least, I'm taking the fire because that was the most baseball I have watched them play outside of postseason in a while. And wow. I mean, they did it against them the best of the best, honestly. So I it's, to that this point it's really it's hard to bet against them not winning the title, seriously. No, yeah, and I can say that every season. I would lean towards the field, but when I say it's so close, it's not even funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, I if you put a gun to my head and said who's going to win the World Series this year, I'm saying it's going to be a team from Polk County, Florida. I'll say that for you. I like that. Uh, now you said something earlier about their starting pitching. They may got better. I think it's possible. I think it's possible it got better. I don't know. Gillespie's a tough number two arm to replace. Now, obviously, they still have Rob Adams. Let's talk about a team who wasn't wasn't there. I think Weber International University has the best starting pitching of any team in the country. I think they are the best starting pitching rotation in the country this year. Dylan Martin got two starts this week, seven innings, two hit, one run ball against USCB. Five innings, no-hit ball, and a combined no-hitter against Ave Maria. They have a guy by the name of, well, we all know Xavier Rodriguez, but there's another guy, another starter that's emerged by the name of Mark Link, who is disgusting. He had six innings of shutout ball against um, USCB, and he is going to be an elite starter. He's not going to blow you away with his speed. But his breaking balls and his changeup and his ability and the chemistry that the entire pitching staff has built up with two uh, two year starters behind the plate, which is something huge for Weber with uh, Tommy Diaz and Josh Blackmore. 
I think that that would be the only one. But you know, go, going back to what we were saying, yeah, man, I, I don't, I would definitely not pick against Southeastern. I certainly would not uh, in any circumstance. Uh, they are undoubtedly the favorite to win it all again this year. And as we said, this lineup has a chance to do something really, really, spe- I mean, really, really special. I mean, they are on pace for 225 home runs. Will they keep that pace? Probably not, but they're, they're keeping that pace against the number 18 uh, uh, receiving votes team and uh, the number two team in the country. So I don't think it's crazy to say this is a team that will hit 200 plus home runs in 60, 60 baseball games this year. I mean, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't be shocked whatsoever, honestly. I mean, just like, I, I just don't like, how can you be this good? Like year in and year out. Like no. he's, he's one, Dinkle's one, one, he got his second one. And like you said, there's, they're like, they're starting to put themselves in the upper, upper echelon of all of college baseball right now. So he took over, I believe this is his sixth year. Sixth or seventh year in La- in Lakeland, he's already stacked up 300 career wins at Southeast, mm-hmm. and that's including the 2020 season where they they went 26 and one. So they only got to play 27 games. I mean, and when when you look at this team, the the one thing you need to ho- hold it all together, you need a captain, you need a guy to go and lead your team in the battle. And if we're drafting players off of Southeastern's lineup. I tell you, if you're, we're drafting NAIA players in general, I, and I got one one, you you gotta go Isaac Nunez. What he does for this team on, and what I I'll say off the field, but I got to see it on the field. There were times when where he was just able to shoot a look at somebody, or I heard him say lock in or something, and they did. Isaac Nunez is a leader all, on this southeastern team. And he's leading them in batting average. He's batting 529. And it just seems like he's quietly the best player because you look at the pop with guys like Gary Laura and some new guys like Pagozo and uh, and Block and, and not just, Brandon Fields. He's just consistently going to give you at least one, probably two hits a game. He's going to be one of the top five gloves at shortstop in the NAIA. And he – He's going to bat mid to high 450 this year, 100%. He will be north of 400, I'd say somewhere in that 400 to 450 range throughout the entire baseball season. Yeah, I think you said it best, man. I mean, you're going to – obviously, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have a leader on the field, aside from the coach, obviously, I mean, you're not going to go very far or as far as you want to, at least. And seeing Nunez last year in the World Series just make – like elite play after elite play after elite play. And then he does it again. And like you said, like his, his, his bat doesn't really get talked about a lot. Like he's very like just quiet. And like you said, he's going to go, he's probably going to hit 400. I, I would bet money on him to hit four over 400 again. And like you said, he's one of the best players in the NAI for a reason, preseason all American. So, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. this team's, this team's incredible, man. Like seriously, they're incredible. Taylor, we gotta figure out something where you come, where you fly out here uh, from Oklahoma City for a weekend, and and I take you to some Weber or uh, Southeastern games. Maybe maybe we can find a weekend with Southeast. Well, I'll tell you what, March seventeenth and eighteenth, Weber heads over to Southeastern to play. We need to. I know this is just audio, but I'm giving you that look. Yeah, 
I know. <laughs> like, I, I think, I think I, we'll talk off air about, about trying to tr see if we can't figure something out because you got to, it, it, it's great seeing it on live stream. It's totally different in person, man. It's, yeah. And like a, a matchup like that, like, sucks I couldn't be out here to see this in person because, I mean, oh, yeah. Put me I, at the ballpark all day and I am good. Um, but, oh, yeah, yes, like, like, all for like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it was just like nine, 10 hours of watching baseball and then coming home and talking baseball and <laughs> then looking at videos of baseball and editing yep. videos of baseball. Um, super happy with how that Southeastern edit, edit came out, by the way. But like, dude, just baseball. Give me all the baseball. I want all the baseball. Give me all the baseball. I'm loving it. Um, I tell you real quick too. Uh, we, we can end with this. So before the Saturday games, I was able to go over and watch a little bit of Southeastern softball scrimmage. Holy smokes, dude! Athletic, you, dude. They're so good. So good. They're just so good. Southeastern is they're they're on a different level right now, man. They are they're incredible. Uh, yeah, and I think look, I have my pick for the softball. I think Southeastern wins it in softball, and baseball. I don't think it's going. It would shock a single person if they go back to back. I wonder. Can you think of anybody off the top of your mind that's done that? That's won the red banner in baseball and softball in the same year. Oh, not in the NAI. I know, I know UCLA was the last team to do it at the D1 level um, because they almost did it in 2013 um, with softball. They didn't. That was when they had Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole. Um, not at the NAI level off the top of my head, no. I feel like OKC could have done – has OKC ever won in baseball? Yeah, but it's been a long time. So yeah, there's – I think that was the 80s when they won. Yeah, they, they could. I mean, I definitely don't think there's been a team in recent memory that has a better shot. Obviously, they got to go do it. But, yeah, look, we got to work something out. We'll talk off air. Taylor, you have anything that you want to add about some conference baseball, East-West, anything uh, before we hop off? Love seeing the great baseball played in the East-West Challenge. I hope to see that again next year. Um, and the, the sun, once again, it goes without saying, it's the best conference in the country. You can tune in any weekend to the Sun Conference, and you're going to find elite pitching, hitting, just like we've talked about with Southeastern and St. Thomas and Kaiser. And Weber obviously wasn't in this, but we're going to talk about Weber if they were in this. I mean, top to bottom, man, it's, it's the best conference in the country in baseball. And Yeah, you just, knew I was going to sneak in. I'm you, know, you knew I was going to sneak in at least a minute or two of Weber talk on here. <laughs> Weber talk. Hey. Taylor, yes, yeah, Webercast, shout out, shout out Southeastern Softball. Uh, Taylor, love you, man. I really appreciate this. Uh, we're going to record some NAI softball talk. To all of you listening, all of you baseball fans, I'm so glad that this was a full baseball episode. Y'all got to tune in. To non-baseball people, if you did stick around, thank you so much. We are going to be talking Sun Conference basketball, women's tennis, track and field. It was a very fun week. Uh, unfortunately, this was a week. Hey, this was baseball, baseball week, baseball weekend for me. Uh, I got got to go. Had a, such a great time. Once again, a huge thanks to NAI Ball Connor Darnell. Uh, let me let me uh, shoot some content for them out there. Huge, huge thanks to Donnie Smith, uh, uh, Coach Mendoza, Dahl, Daly, Dinkle over at Southeastern being great host 
over there for all of the teams and for myself, letting me uh, go and be on be on my phone and pretty much be on the live stream as much as anybody else uh, sitting back there recording uh, for those games. Uh, really, really appreciate uh, all the hospitality, everything they do. Uh, to all of you, thank you so much. Taylor, thank you for coming on. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful night. Love y'all. See ya.